Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Calder, joined as everybody else in Shoemaker and Neil Kirkpatrick. And I just realized I haven't been introducing us every week, every day. It's they know who we are. We've been doing this long enough. Uh, we are we are on day sixty. This is episode 62. 61? 62. Oh my god! Yeah. We've been doing this a while. Uh, today we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, episodes 9 and 10, The Waterbending Scroll, and Jet. Of course, these are from book one, Water, which is the first season of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, nailed the titles. So today, um, <coughs> sorry, breathing is good. We're a little low energy today, but I think that's okay. Oh, um, no, I've got something to, like, get us right up there. I've got something to get us right up there. Me too. I wonder if our thing is the same thing. Oh, I hope it's the same thing. All okay. right. My thing is, who among us is brave enough to look in this bag? Is that, is that not the thing? No. Elsa, no. what's your thing? <laughs> Jet! Ooh, ooh, ooh! Jet! Ooh, ooh, ooh! No, not wings. Nobody. I'm going to keep going. No one cares about the lyrics to this song. And Jet looks like the lady was a Sunday. Suffer a Jet. Jet. Ooh, ooh. I, I'm going to keep going until you get what, me what out. What is jet. this? I don't even know what you're doing. That's a song by Wings, by Paul yeah. McCartney and Wings. Paul, Paul McCartney's okay. band Called Wings. Jet. jet so come come on so, Kate, keep so up. it wasn't composed by an old dead german or italian guy right no this is so fair kate's not gonna know it jet ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> jet um i that is a song this is not important at all but that is a wing song that i like most wing songs was pretty ambivalent about <laughs> until i saw paul mccartney in concert and then i was like oh this bangs okay let's do this pyrotechnics i am jumping what a party uh which is the apparently the secret story of wings <laughs> yes so scotty. yes scotty yes um that's the, yeah uh what did scotty say i don't have my chat scotty okay. says she didn't know allison was humming beyonce before we started recording of course she didn't know jet yeah that tracks yeah, yeah. that's that's accurate um however I, I think that sort of makes it the the reverse of of jet the person um who seems like a party but is not <laughs> so uh i guess it's appropriate in that way um moral of the story is Oh, every wing song that you hear except for live and let die you're gonna think it's really lame just wait until you listen to someone even if it's not paul mccartney uh play it in concert and then all of a sudden you're rocking okay i feel appropriately uh high energy you know energized no, no, no. i don't i don't jet <laughs> marcus says i'm now sad about concerts <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> way to go allison <laughs> <laughs> you broke Marcus. Hold on. Hold and now you've broken Scotty. To the bar cart. Let's do this right. <laughs> it's the first bar cart of our Avatar viewing experience, and it's my own fault. <laughs> Yesterday it was Bass and Hot Tubs. Today, concerts. Yeah. Today, um, for me, also movie theaters. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about movie theaters, um, among other things. And I just saw someone put a poll on Twitter that said, uh, how many times a day do you think, oh shit, we're in the middle of a pandemic and get sad? And the options were 
one to two, three to four, five plus, or is that still a thing? And I was like, clearly it's five plus. Who are the rest of you? Like what? And it was in, it was not the, obviously the, the loser was option four, but, but five plus was in third place. And I was like, no, no, at least once an hour in the, in the hours that I am conscious, I think, wow, we're in a pandemic to top it all off. Yeah. I've started getting the, so, so when are you going to start teaching a person again? Emails. I'm like, not Never. yet. <laughs> I, I, I care about your kids' lives, so I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. So I had to figure out how I'm going to phrase that email, which means I've been putting it off, but I just need to, to tear off the bed. I'm sure it'll be fine. Allison and I can write that for you. But it'll no, be super I, tactful. I will, I will, I will take care of that, but yes. And at the end of the email, I'll just embed footage of Paul McCartney doing Jet live and then, to like smooth it all over. Or, or pirates dropping smoke bombs. Segway. There we go. Okay. Good job. So let's talk about our first episode here, The Waterbending Scroll. Um, There's a lot I appreciated about these two episodes. Um, And I I do think that they're a good... Again, I think that we're finding these unintentional... uh, Well, I assume they're unintentional. Comparison and threads between these these paired episodes. Because here, it was very much, again, the Sokka comparison where it's like don't do that and then we're just gonna go do this (laughs) it's like don't do that thing that is would traditionally be a bad thing like stealing from a merchant um and but and and katar goes like but avatar so i mean they're not merchants they're high-risk traders (laughs) (laughs) and then in the second episode we have sokka being like you're doing the okay we're gonna go help the fire nation people because that's what we have to do to help the earth kingdom people and to not kill a bunch of children. So um, it's, a, there are, these are unusual times and yes, Katara has a lot of her own personal issues tied up in both of these episodes. But my takeaway from the first one was pirates. Ooh, fun. And also Appa in the, the, like the, unrolling on his back in the water. And then my takeaway from the second one was, Oh, this is interminable. And then we get to the end of the episode. I'm like, yeah, it has a good moral. And it's, it was a very pretty episode. But I, um, I'm not as fond of Jed as as you guys are. So I will look forward to that part of it. Let's. What did you guys think of the waterbending scroll? Yeah, Allison, uh, this was your second time watching this. Uh, what new gems did you unearth? Well, I appreciated that that it was like a a properly mostly Katara centric episode. I think that that was welcome uh and i always appreciate when um when your female hero is allowed to be complicated and messy too um as much as i love hermione granger it must have been exhausting being right all the time um it is it super is right and then like just super exhausting doing everybody's homework and um conveniently being uninterested in all the boy things which is fine and by boy things, I mean all the things that Harry and Ron would have considered boy things. Oh, whatever. Um, uh, I love Hermione. Please don't take this as Hermione slander. But um, I appreciate that Katara is allowed to be kind of a mess because anybody at that age is, right? Like we're all dealing with stuff. And it's the most natural response in the world that she would um, take this thing that she's worked so hard at that's obviously both a part of her identity and something that she's expressed as being sort of an absent part of her identity because she hasn't been able to pursue it properly um, 
and have it kind of like, well, you know, when your training buddy is uh, the best in the universe, <laughs> um, that's, that's going to be unsettling. Like that's going to shake you up a little. So, um, so I appreciated that part of it. I also like Marcus's point that they reappropriated a cultural artifact. Just belongs in the museum. <laughs> Just like you, I know where you got this. This isn't yours. Let's put it back in Greece where it belongs. Um, yeah, I just think this way, this was a really interesting episode um, for Katara specifically. And uh, that I didn't realize was something that I was sort of wanting. Mm-hmm. Noel, how about you? What did you re- rediscover here? I mean, there's so much pleasure in this episode i think is one of the things that i really like i like this whole port town that we visit um from the guy who's trying to get people to look into a bag <laughs> um it's just the best weirdest joke to our per- already beleaguered cabbage merchant this place is worse than omashu um to the fact that iroh just buys a bunch of stuff in pursuit of trying to find his lotus flower tile um, for his pie show game, uh, which is made up, but fans of the show have actually made into an actual game with rules that you can play. Um, And so all of this stuff, um, but it's just all, it's all the Katara stuff that is just so good because yeah, she should be frustrated that like Allison said, this part of who she is and who she wants to be more importantly is something she struggles with. And then she's got this little squirt of a child (laughs) coming in and being like, oh yeah, no, I got this. Who admittedly has hundreds of years of knowledge to unconsciously draw upon um, to help him master these apparently very basic skills. Um, That I think it's just, she should be frustrated, but we also get to see her be angry about it, which I think is really, really important. And that her anger is both couched in that frustration, but also in awareness of both, I really want this, but it's also important that you learn this, but I also really, really want to look at the thing. Look with your, look, look, don't look with your hands, look with your eyes um, type of deal. And I just, I really like all of it. It's very good. It's very silly. And you also get like one of my favorite things, which is, one group of antagonists and it's another group of antagonists in a story. Cause I love that stuff. It's just bread and butter for me. It makes me so happy. So pirates facing off against a bunch of fire bending soldiers who were no doubt at this point, very disgruntled mm-hmm. about having this, uh, this assignment, um, just having to fight a bunch of pirates. They had to be so excited. I liked all the gags with the smoke bombs and mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm here. Never mind. <laughs> Back yeah. in. Um, very fun. The uh yeah, the 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 pirate fight was pretty delightful. Uh I particularly appreciate that Momo got his own antagonist. Uh oh, so he got God, that to pi- on parrot it. lizard, so creepy. So <laughs> creepy. Just like the things that bring out the most primal yik instincts of both animals and none of the things where you're like, oh, that's really cool, shoved together. Yeah, (laughs) but contemporary me is like, that's not a parrot lizard. That's just a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. You just have a dinosaur (laughs) in your soldier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good point. Fair point. It's very good. When we're talking about Katara in this episode, just I appreciate that she just gets to be a little petty. 
Yeah. She just, she just gets to be a little, like, I know that the point is helping Aang, and I get it, and, you know, like, she, like, yells at him and then immediately feels bad about it and knows better. Um, but, and she's like, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to sneak off and go do this thing, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I know it's the wrong choice, but I'm still going to make it. So you're just going to have to deal with it, everybody. <laughs> deal with it myself talking to myself and, mm-hmm. and Momo and, and all of that. And it's, it's just, <laughs> it's so much more relatable and, um, much more interesting. The doleful stare of Momo. The yeah. accusing right. gaze. Trying to think if Hermione had any moments like that, and I don't feel like she did. Oh, she got fed up sometimes, but it was always justified. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Like, it was always righteous. Other than being unnecessarily bossy in book one, even though she was also correct. Uh, you know, she, no, she was, she was right. She was always right, which is why we love her and also why she deserved better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's nice to see Katara actively choosing things she knows are wrong, and she doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's good. It's a good thing. Um, the the stuff with uh, Uncle Iro, of course, he's still still a fave. Um, everything with him and his lotus towel. His yeah, tile. well, and when he said when she says this is all my fault, and Ang says don't blame yourself, and he goes no, it sort of is or whatever that one <laughs> is, made me laugh out loud. It's very good. Uh, while we're on the subject of Uncle Iroh, um, I have a question, which I thought maybe this viewing was going to clear up for me, uh, which is that y- eternal fave regardless, but it was hard for me on both viewings to shake the sense that this was all sort of on purpose. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to that? Well, you probably can't tell me, um, but is there anything to that? Because it just seems like a deliberate stall. Like it seems like he is trying to pull back on the reins with our beloved angry fire kid um, and delay him from this, from this tech, which obviously ends up, he ends up bringing him closer to mm-hmm. Ang and company. Um, but he would have no way of knowing that. So yeah, that both times I was like, this can't, what's going on here? Well, right. my water bottle's over there. So I'm going to just like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to answer that with the fact that even when we first intru- get introduced to Iroh and Zuko, like, it's very, Iroh is very much about, you need to be patient, you need to take your time, type of deal. And you also maybe need to enjoy this hot springs bath that I have created and heated myself. Self-care is important, my young nephew. <laughs> um, so I think that there's elements of that in terms of maybe he's not necessarily like trying to like slow it down, but trying to teach his hot-headed nephew something about the world and about himself. Um, because that's what Iroh's really focused on. Um, but the degree to which the, it's super deliberate is debatable. Um, because I do fully believe that Iroh just forgot that his lotus, his white lotus flower token was in his sleeve. Because mm-hmm. I very firmly <laughs> believe that. Okay. So oh, maybe yeah. it's both. Yeah. Oh, you cool. know, he definitely didn't, wasn't making up the lotus t- tile thing. Yeah. Um, but the notion that that's enough of a reason to call off the quest for the avatar who you've recently seen is, uh, you know, that is more of a let's teach, let's, let's teach. <laughs> Grease lightning, a little patience. Um, <laughs> and let's get this horn-free music night on this ship. Yeah. 
Definitely. And the the statue that we see twice with all the rubies in its face for the dining hall. Perfect. <laughs> it would just yes. be really perfect. Mm-hmm. Iroh's all about nesting, which I really appreciate. Yeah. He's very much a Hufflepuff. Uh, before we leave this episode, I just wanted to say how much I appreciated the whistle gag, which was just because it happens and you're like, okay, well, either way, whether that whistle works or not, this is this is a good thing. And then so much happens that you forget about it. So when it comes back, what a delight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And good, uh, good tension with the, the, the water bending around the, sh- the waterfall and the ship and then the other sh- Like, it's just, it's well paced. Mm-hmm. There's enough hijinks and fun. Like, it was a good balance in this episode. Uh, but let's move on to Jet. Uh, because, I mean, even remembering what the episode is doing. And, and to me, it was a uh, pretty clear bebop shout out with the, 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 um, yeah. Jet having the the twig or whatever that was in his teeth had the hay. Um, I just, <laughs> I it's just so insufferable <laughs> that I did not enjoy. I was not enjoying this episode as much as I should have, just because I was being irritated with Katara being dumb, um, while fully acknowledging that like this is very in character. This is appropriate. She's learning from this experience. This is all good and everything. And yay, fun with Robin Hood. Um, but also, uh, it's it just, you know, when you're watching someone go through some choices and you know you know they're making the mistake and you also know they have to make the mistake so that they can learn from the mistake, right? That's how I felt watching this one. So I was appreciating the elements of it, but I had trouble just like letting myself get washed over and, and just fully uh, immersed in the episode because because of that. I made him this hat. Why? Oh, honey. Why did you make him a hat? Oh, honey. Yeah. Um, Kate, I agree. This was like, oh, no, no, no. I uh, try to limit the amount of profanity that I use on this podcast, um, if only as a contrast to the other podcast that I'm on. Um, But in this case, the only way to describe Jet, the only accurate way in this moment in time to describe Jet is to call him a fuck boy so i'm gonna do that um because <laughs> jet is a fuck boy uh and he is the worst and he is already the worst before you find out how much he is the worst and the reasons he is the worst um but i think the episode does a really good job of making clear why katara wouldn't think or see that um what I want to know about this episode, though, Kate, is how your mom reacted to it. Because <laughs> this is this is the episode where I was like, Team Sokka, always and forever, very pro this kid, way to go, firing on all cylinders, you did a great job, go team! Um, so I'm curious about where we stand with Sokka Sokka in the Kulzik household. Um, it is more positive. We were enjoying just the, uh, we were talking about... Um, just uh, the the certain phonemes and how they fit in the mouth and and are satisfying to say and and Saka Saka came back as a example of that because it is very satisfying to say. Um, but the, I think I think we're doing better. As I was watching this episode, I thought to myself at least twice. I have to make sure I ask mom where she's at with Saka at the end of this episode. We finished watching it. And then I forgot about it. And then I reminded myself, <laughs> you got to make sure you ask mom. And then I forgot again. So I think she is, she is more, I don't, she's not team Sokka yet, but she is certainly much more 
on bo- on board with him than she was, and she was all she was in a similar place about Katara in this episode, just going like, "No, so I need to get a little closer to the mic." <sighs> Come on, <laughs> um, yeah. Scotty says the swing from "Ooh, Robin Hood people, fun!" to "Oh, this guy sucks" was mighty quick, mighty quick, and Marcus uh, seconds and. Yes, indeed. So I will report back with a more firm Good. answer. Tomorrow. I gotta know. I think to um, Scotty's point, uh, and including literally swinging, um, I think that that this episode does a really good job of balancing making him look cool and making sure that you know that he's the worst the whole time. Because those hooks that he uses are cool as hell. Like all of his swinging and all of that, very, very cool. Not cool enough to make up for everything else because the the hay or straw, grass, whatever it is in his teeth – in insufferable affectation. It reminded me of, and I love Daniel Craig, but in the film adaptation, in the American film adaptation of The Girl with Dragon Tattoo, um, he wore his glasses inexplicably like this a lot. Um, for those listening, I'm uh, hanging my glasses off of one ear, diagonal across my face, down to my neck. And if you have a hard time picturing that, so do I. But for some reason, Daniel Craig chose to wear his glasses like that frequently throughout that movie. Um, And it was an insufferable affectation, a lot like this. Like, he clearly thinks chewing on that thing makes him look very cool, and that is why he's doing it. Uh, However, it's like the least bad thing about him. (laughs) I went very much to a Jackie Daytona place. And then I just thought about that, and that made me happier. (laughs) (laughs) I think... um, that that this episode also does a really good job of making sure um, that we see all of the things that Jet is pulling before we get the big reveal of him, as Scotty says, uh, uh, assaulting the elderly, right? And then, like, straight up attempting to murder an entire town full of people. Um, And on top of all of that... uh, the gaslighting and the emotional manipulation and the pitting people against each other and separating them. And that's all really clear the whole way through, even before, you know, the big twist Um, on top of all that, they find a way to tie it into this horrific thing that he experienced as a child, which is not an excuse for being a murdering maniac, um, but does sort of present an interesting link between the two of them. Um, And, sort of shows another path that they could be taking, which obviously they are not, and we are glad for it. So um, lots of nuance, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think nuance is, like, the big thing about this episode is that this is, is like, this is, like, the episode where I go, this is where the show is now type of thing of, like, this is what the show starts to become is you start getting a better sense of what the war is doing to people and the effects of that. Um, And the show builds and builds and builds and builds that concept throughout its run um this is just like the base layer of that um with jet and his uh gang of really cute and sweet merry men Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and uh ladies as well um so it's just it's really it's really rich in that sense of like, here's some nuance to like this idea of fighting against the fire nation. We're actually seeing people fight against the fire nation in a way that's different from say how Haru's village is beleaguered and oppressed and beaten down. And this kid's like, yeah, no, 
I, I can dual wield. So mm-hmm. I'm A, in charge, and B, I'm cool. Um, so building on all of that so that he's this flawed, charismatic, anti-hero type of character, and then just the show going, yeah, no, he's bad, though. This is bad. I think is really kind of a great message to send as well of like, yeah, no, anti-heroes are cool. But also, they're terrible human beings. Um, There's a reason for the anti. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I think that that's a really important thing for the show to convey. And I just love how they really make sure that the weight of this war is coming across through Jet's actions. Even down to his ability to very seamlessly just build lies upon lies upon lies without even breaking a sweat, without stuttering. There's no break in his resolve in any way, shape, or form. And it's really, it makes him really interesting and very different from literally everyone else we've met on the show so far, which is another reason why I think this episode works as well as it does. Um, The other reason it works as well as it does is that, like, what you said at the very beginning, Kate, is that this episode is goddamn gorgeous. I fucking love this forest. Um, the whole autumnal red leaf trees line is really beautiful, but at the same time done really impressionistically. Um, so it feels really painterly, but unfinished, but perfect for the entire environment. Um, but then we also get like that very much like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon nod of them jumping through the trees and then back into the trees and that kind of stuff. And it's just like, this episode's really good. And it's not surprising that it's directed by Dave Filoni, who will go on to do Star Wars The Clone Wars television series. And this episode is so much his jam for the rest of that show that it's not even funny. Um, So I think that this is just a really good episode of a confluence of a bunch of narrative concepts and threads that then just start paying off a lot more. Um, that I just, I really love this episode. It's really, really good. It's deeply frustrating, but I think it's really good. Scotty says, I love the forest. It totally makes sense that teen girl Katara would be swept off her feet literally in a golden glow by the dashing asshole. And yeah, Uh, I also wanted to make sure, because Marcus mentioned earlier that the fight scenes are pretty sweet. And yeah, Yeah. those are, these are good action set pieces. They, you know, there's, both of these episodes, I think, have some fun um, fights and this the the there's some variety to what we're seeing here like you're saying Elson, because of the hooks and because of how that shapes like how they can jump around in the trees and in these different settings um to contrast some of the other fights we've gotten that have been so bending centric um it's more like just hand-to-hand kind of combat here and i think that's a nice contrast um the other thing i wanted to make sure to mention was that uh after I mean, it's taken these 10 episodes for Sokka to get to where he is, but I like him stepping into this role of leader, and I think it's appropriate, and I like that they give him the a, a good amount of crap about it <laughs> early in the episode, but end up um, sort of... I like that his instincts are validated, because we've had them run into several different people, um, and usually the strangers have been kindly and or good underneath it all like i think Hara is a good contrast here for jet right and it's important i think for them to show that not everybody they run into they will even if they're fighting against the fire nation will be someone that they should be actually interacting with and relying upon It, it gives a more balanced you know uh just a base level of 
their situation when they go to these different towns. I think it's it's good to have that because like in the 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 previous town with the spirit world, right? Was had like everybody there was was helpful and nice, and and Kiyoshi, everyone was helpful and nice, and like um, so it's just it's good to have some counterpoints. Sky says, I like that for all Sokka's brash- brashness or attempts at swagger, his instincts are those of a moral, brave person. And when push comes to shove, his stubbornness will always be on the side of what's right. And I mean, you could just even, even just a little moment like, <laughs> so you mean you guys are going to go play with fun waterbending things and I'm going to scrub up his toes? Okay. And he, he just goes, <laughs> and bugs. <laughs> also <And> bugs. <laughs> and that's, that tells us what you need to know about Sokka. Yeah. I, I think that in addition to what Scotty says, which is right on, um, that these episodes also reinforce how practical he is, which is an undervalued quality in stories mm-hmm. like these, because yes. somebody has to be thinking about the supplies getting washed down river and somebody has to be thinking about how they're spending the money and somebody has to be thinking about the fact that Appa is very visible and recognizable. Um, so even if his instincts aren't always right, what he was doing with making them walk was not actually an instinct. It was a calculation, right? It was a judgment call. And in most circumstances, it probably would have been the right call. It's just in this case, he was wrong. Um, and Scotty's point about his instincts being those of a moral and brave person, I think are right on and, um, it also gave us all that really lovely, wonderful banter about Sokka's instincts helping, helping carry baggage. And so why don't you ask Sokka's instincts? And that was all really fun. Well, we also then, I mean, a different character, Jet, right, would have rushed off to the dam to try to single-handedly take on, like, all of this, like, explosions and stuff. And Sokka goes, no, what matters is I have to get the people out. Right. So, and, and that's, so that's where he goes. And both Katara and and Aang, who have some level of of um, water bending, right, and they both go to that as that's what they should do. And Sokka's a hundred percent right. He is a non powered person. Shouldn't try to go take on the entire gang of miscreants in in the wood who are who are very happy to you know drown an entire village. He should just go do this instead, and that was the right call. Um, including yeah. talking to a Fire Nation soldier, yeah, uh, which I think is a good point because it's, it's. I mean, it's just a really brief mention, and I actually really like that we don't see Sokka's scenes in the town because we don't need to. We know exactly what he does. It's very, again, practical. He just how? What's the best way? What's the best way for me to evacuate? Wait, oh my god. What's the best way for me to evacuate these people? It's to find an authority figure and convince them of what's going to happen. And if it's a Fire Nation soldier, then it's a Fire Nation soldier. That what matters is saving these people's lives. Just like what matters when you see this old man in the woods is identifying whether or not he's a threat, not whether or not he's part of the Fire Nation. And then the sort of like teeny little cherry on top for me was his insistence that no there was no knife at Mm -hmm. no point does Sokka go well maybe there was a knife and I just didn't see it no he knows that there wasn't one and sticks by that which I think is great and it's obviously I'm very pro Sokka at this point at least specifically (laughs) with this episode this was a great Sokka episode no it is 
Well, before we wrap up, if anybody has any other thoughts or comments about these episodes, please drop them in the chat, uh, Marcus and Scotty. And uh, I'm just, I'm excited for us to get to new episodes for Allison, um, which is going to be after tomorrow. So we got one more of ones that Allison has already seen. And then on Friday, it'll be 50-50. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, what are we looking forward to? Sorry, I, I'm seeing what episode 13 is, and I'm very excited because I really love episode 13. It's very good. <laughs> Tomorrow we're doing The Great Divide and The Storm, episodes 11 and 12. I'm just excited to rewatch these. I liked I liked both of these uh, quite a bit, particularly The Storm, for reasons that will be obvious. But even um, The Great Divide, which feels like a little bit of a like a self-enclosed thing, um, I enjoyed. So I'm excited to talk about those. I'm excited to get to the storm because I feel like I don't remember that episode super duper well. Um, I remember the Great Divide pretty well because it's it's Aang trying to be a diplomat, which is just the best <laughs> thing because um, he's eleven. Um, but I'm I'm curious to rewatch the storm because I I don't remember the storm super well. Um, but so I'm I'm excited. But I've been excited to get to all of these. Uh, we have so many good episodes coming up. Well, um, <laughs> I forget that there's only 20 episodes each season. And so yeah. we're going to be done. <laughs> it's because we're in our Lucifer mindset. <laughs> well, no, it's because we're doing two a day, you know? And it's so also it's because like... we're doing two a day, but right. yeah. yeah. So we're like, we're, we're now at the halfway point of the season and we'll be done with the season next week. So like, it's, it's just, it's a different, it's a different experience. But if there are anyways. episodes coming up that you think we should talk about on their own. I'm always willing to do that. Um, so far, I feel like the pairs have actually been really good and interesting. But if there's like a particularly weighty episode in the future where you feel like actually that 22 minutes is going to be quite enough, um, mm -hmm. then I say we'll, we should go for it. I don't think that's going to happen in book one. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to happen in book two <laughs> in cool. a couple of instances. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in book one. Which element is book two earth earth yeah. sweet marcus nice. is it's a better feeling than thinking about the five weeks it took to get through Lucifer <laughs> season three god it took oh. us it did take us five weeks to do that oh, it feels both like it took us three days and 12 years <laughs> um especially it was like the first you know, handful of episodes just flew by. And then all of a sudden we were wandering in the desert and wondering how we got our wings back. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Rough. But I was having that experience. Like I've been rewatching community on Netflix and I've just been like, how long am I in season two for this season is so long. <laughs> it's a standard episode length. It's just, it feels really long. <laughs> I, I'm going to snitch on Noel here. Noel's been uh, watching this for season four. I did two episodes. Um, Sarah and my partner wanted to keep watching it. Um, well, that's so, fair. That is yeah. not a problem that I have. Okay. Yeah. No, that is not a problem you have. My 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 partner wanted to keep going. So we're probably going to finish season two, four or at some point. But I've done the first two. And it's already better than season three, y'all. Okay. <laughs> well... When we come back to Lucifer, Ish. there's there's a couple of things I'm not crazy about. There's one thing I'm very crazy about, and Kate is already aware of it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, More when we get later. there, I look forward to it. Yeah. For right now, I am very content to not be listening to Tom Ellis sing. 
<laughs> yeah, and I have bad news for you about the premiere of season four. <laughs> shh, shh, stop talking. We're talking about Avatar, and we're in our happy place, so we're going to leave it there. That will wrap up our conversation. These two will be back tomorrow. Uh, thank you to Marcus and Scotty for hanging out with us in the Zoom today, and thank you everyone for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye.